Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Homeschool with Moxie podcast, where our goal is to inspire and encourage you with actionable strategies to take you from overwhelmed to confident in your homeschool adventure. I'm your host, Abby Banks, and this is episode 178. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Earthly. I love their mission to change the way the world sees healthcare by creating clean, pure products to support that journey. And I have personally learned so much in the last few years through their helpful guides. They do have some free guides also right now that you can check out. But what really caught my eye recently, and I knew I had to share it with you, are their homesteading unit studies. These are perfect for homeschool families. They have learned learn to homestead wild berries, and they have learned to homestead respiratory remedies. And so your kids will be growing and foraging and cooking and preserving and medicine making and all these things that you can do all together in the fall and winter seasons. Um, They include writing prompts, discussion questions, art ideas. I mean, you name it. It's a multidisciplinary approach that you can use with all your kids, no matter the ages. And it's an awesome deal. It's about $10. And think about weeks of learning, five projects within that theme, and you can teach all your kids together. These are like the real life skills that are important to pass along to our kids. So I want you to check them out and you can find them easily by going to 41more.com forward slash earthly. And earthly is spelled earth, L-E-Y. Welcome to episode 178. You can find the show notes by going to 41more.com forward slash 178. Today, I wanted to chat about answering the question, how much does homeschooling cost? But I don't want to stop there. I actually want to give really actionable solutions. And so we're going to wrap up with six strategies for homeschooling on one income. Now, some of you are working homeschool moms and you're blessed to have two incomes. And so Make sure you check out my episode I did with Jen McKinnon. That was back on episode 144. Jen shared tons of actionable strategies for you working homeschool moms and how you can do it successfully. But today I'm talking more to the families who are trying to make it happen on just one income because maybe you as the mom, you're staying home, you're giving up that opportunity to go to work and you're homeschooling your kids. And so you know, how much does homeschooling cost? What are the different categories you need to take into account? How can you budget well for it so it doesn't surprise you and you don't feel like it's overwhelming your household budget? But then how can you homeschool well, even on a tight one income, you know, really trying to make it happen so that you can stay home with the kids. And so I want to talk through those two big categories today. And I have a homeschooling on one income strategy guide that I want you to download and you can find it in the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 178. So before we answer those questions, I first want to bring in my name of my podcast, Homeschool with Moxie. The funny thing is, this really applies to this topic. 
Being um, a homeschool mom with moxie, what does moxie mean? It's this vintage word from like the 20s or 30s, and it really does talk about being scrappy, being resourceful, making it work. Um, You have to make it happen. You have a lot of perseverance, and you are going to dig in with your mama bear heels, and you're going to do this homeschooling thing because it's the best thing for your kids. And so I think that this is a character trait that it takes to homeschool well on one income. You have to make it work. You're, you're able to be resourceful. You're able to make things happen on a tight budget. And so I think moxie is a great word that describes you and me. If we're homeschooling on one income, even if you're a working homeschool mom, you have to have moxie because you have to do things differently and still make it work with different challenges. And so I think that is a great way to start this topic. So let's talk about how much does it cost anyway? And we will dive into the different categories that you might want to consider, especially if you're a new homeschooler and you're not sure what to expect. This will be helpful for you. So part one, how much does homeschooling really cost? So let me just tell you what the statistics say. Actually, two-thirds of homeschooling families live on one income. So the good news is, if this is you, you are not alone. I mean, that is two-thirds. That's pretty big, right? Now, we know public school education, I mean, in 2016, the average spent nationally was over $11,000 per child. New York took the lead at over $20,000 per student. Obviously, we're not trying to compete with that, but I guess if you count lost income as a as a mom, you know, I guess it's going to well it's not going to be 20,000 per student for most of us, but it you know, it is going to add up. That is a cost of homeschooling is you might not be able to bring in an income. But what is the normal amount families are spending while homeschooling? Um, Dr. Brian Ray, you can find a lot of his research at uh, the National Home Education Research Institute. He has a lot of data and research. And basically, I mean, this is a little bit old, but in 2008, the average amount of money spent per homeschool student was right around $500. And HS LDA also says it's about 300 to 600 per year per child. Now, personally, I've never spent that much. With five kids, that would mean we would be spending $2,500 a year. The most we ever spent in one year was slightly over 500 for five kids, and that included someone in high school. So we've always been very thrifty, very scrappy, and I've never spent very much money, like never even a thousand bucks in a year on homeschooling. Now, if you can spend that much and you want to spend that much, go for it. But if you are really trying to live on a tighter budget, if you feel the crunch, let's talk through some things to consider. So there's a lot of categories to spend with, right? There's a lot of categories that you have to take into account. And so let's talk about what categories you might want to consider if you're first starting out homeschooling, you want to know, okay, what's this going to cost me? And how do you budget this out so it doesn't catch you by surprise at the end of the year? Now, if you grab my homeschooling on one income strategy guide, it'll give you a place to list all of these by category. And then what you're going to do is 
add up all these categories to see what your yearly total is going to be. Now, it might change, but you can kind of predict what you might spend year to year. The most expensive thing a lot of us spend money on is the curriculum. But if you have multiple kids in your family that are going to reuse curriculum, this cost, you know, doesn't, you don't have to buy new things for every kid every year. And so if you find things that are, um, you know, do you know what consumables mean versus non-consumables? So if you're buying things that aren't written in and you can reuse it, that's going to help a lot. And so, you know, you don't have to spend a thousand bucks per kid for the grade level big box curriculum from a big famous publisher, right? You can reuse stuff. You can use living books. You can use the library. You can do it for free. Um, So curriculum for a lot of us is our biggest category. But then don't forget about maybe testing or evaluation fees. Sometimes your kids are required by state law to do some standardized tests. Um, If you have a high schooler that needs to take the ACT or SAT, there's another fee that you're going to want to consider. How about professional memberships? We have been a member of HSLDA from the beginning. I feel like it's really a security blanket to know I can call them if there's an issue. Uh, We live in Pennsylvania, one of the worst states to homeschool in. The school districts are really overreaching this year. And so I've had to reach out to them and they're very helpful. So for peace of mind, $120 per year for a membership with HSLDA is really well spent. So you might want to consider joining your local or national or state organization. However, that works. That's a, that's a expense to consider too, right? Now, how about school supplies? School supplies, you got to get them, but you don't have to go overboard. There's a funny meme on Facebook recently, like, you know, change my mind. You have to have a laminator to be a homeschool mom. You know, that's an expense that I've never paid for. I never have had a laminator and it, I haven't missed it. So, you know, do you need really expensive school supplies and like really fancy stuff? No, you don't. Of course, shop the sales and stock up, you know, at the beginning of the year, use some supplies as Christmas presents and, you know, stocking stuffers and that kind of thing. But I mean, it is a cost. So school supplies, definitely consider that. And then building your home library could be a cost, but you know, you can find great books at library sales or ask grandparents to buy, you know, the the really awesome, the latest book series that your kids want, ask them to buy that for Christmas for your kids. And so, you know, plan for it. I know a lot of us can get overwhelmed with buying more books than maybe we need to buy. And we forget that we can use the library for free or have a book swap with a friend. So yes, definitely plan to spend money in the home library category, but there are definite ways you can cut back on that expense. And then don't skimp with professional development for mom and dad. Some of this might be conferences, books, online courses. I mean, it is important. And so if you can always be learning uh, something, you know, For example, if you're just starting out, you might want to get a book on narration and how to use narration. I've been reading a really great one. I'll link it in the show notes. Know and Tell by Karen Glass. And it's really helpful. I wish I would have had this 15 years ago. But, you know, pick some little part of homeschooling that you really want to dive into. Maybe you're interested in the classical methodology and you're like, hey, let me read a book more explaining that. Or maybe you're really into Charlotte Mason or you want to read um, 
Wild and Free by Ainsley Arment. We had her on the podcast too. You know, and you want to be inspired by what your homeschooling can be. Go ahead and buy a book, do a conference, do an online course that will give you that professional development as a homeschool parent. And then of course there's extracurricular. Maybe this is also a big category because if your child takes private music lessons, that can add up, YMCA membership, a gym class, sports teams, all of those things do add up, but they're an important part of your homeschooling. So once you know the main categories, you have to figure out how to budget so it doesn't overwhelm your household budget by the end of the year. So the simple way to figure out what you need each month in the budget to homeschool is to add all those categories together, all the amount of money you would spend this school year on all these different, you know, supplies and curriculum and all that stuff we just mentioned, add up, get a big total, and then just divide it over 12 months. So your family might need, I mean, really, if I spent $500 one year, I would only need less than $50 a month to homeschool, right? If you are spending on the larger end, you might need about $100 per month to cover all your expenses. But go ahead and budget for that. Or you can take that big total and divide it over all the weeks in a year, 52 weeks, and you get a total weekly amount that you need. And this will help you not be surprised by huge bills or big costs for a class or whatever. If you can plan ahead and figure out how much we're going to need, you can plan that into your household budget and it won't take you by surprise. So let's get really practical though. How can you homeschool on one income really successfully and do it well and not realize that you're on one income. Like how can you do this and not go broke, I guess is the point. And so let's talk through six very actionable strategies that if you haven't thought about these yet, I hope this will help you. But I thought I saw one more stat that I wanted to tell you about. It's from thinkimpact.com. Home, uh, forward slash homeschooling statistics. This site has a lot of information too. But We really do need a thank you card from the federal government because homeschooling saves the federal government $24 billion of taxpayer money. I know I shouldn't expect that thank you note to come anytime soon, but we are saving them a ton of money by homeschooling our kids. But here's how to successfully homeschool on one income. Here are six strategies that we've been using ever since the beginning. So I was in the classroom as a classroom teacher while my husband was in grad school, but as soon as we started having kids, I was home with the kids. So we've always lived on one income and we've done fine. We've done well because we've learned how to budget and learned how to do things, you know, on a thrifty shoestring budget and learned how to save our money and not live, you know, high on the hog, I guess you could say. But here's what to do if you find yourself living on one income and trying to homeschool with a small budget. So it does have to start with mindset. My first my first strategy for you is to change your mindset. Bigger isn't always better because the most expensive curriculum isn't always better either. What is homeschooling? The benefit of it is your one-to-one tutoring model. This is the model every public school teacher wishes they could do. Classroom teachers have upwards of 30 kids in the room. There's no way they're going to meet everyone's needs. And so you have the best model. And so expensive curriculum isn't necessary. It's the model that makes it work. Um, Remember that education for millennia has looked like this. It's only recently that our recent public school 
model, you know, has been in front of us and we think, oh, it has to look like that. And it doesn't. So change your mindset. A big budget isn't going to make it work because if big budgets worked, the public schools would be really successful, right? I just told you New York spends $20,000 per student. It's probably way more than that now. That's a couple years old. So if big budgets worked, you know, public schools would have amazing results, but they don't. It's this individualized approach that you can take with your kids even on a tight budget. So don't forget, that's what's most important. It's not the amount of money you can or cannot spend on homeschooling. It's the approach. It's the relationship. And that's the most important thing. So number one, change your mindset. Number two, budget without the guilt. This is important because you do need to budget to be able to do this on a shoestring budget. So this will take a little bit of planning ahead. Um, If you've done anything with Dave Ramsey, you know he says to spend without the guilt if you've saved the money ahead of time, right? So you might find a fantastic curriculum and you plop down $200, but if you haven't planned ahead to spend it, you're going to feel guilty. It might mess up your whole monthly monetary flow, right? But If you know next year your high schooler needs this course for $200 and you're going to do that, you figure out, okay, if I save $17 a month for a whole year, by the time I get to next year and I need to buy it, it's going to be there and I can celebrate. I got a great deal. The money was in the bank. Nothing's wrong here. See how budgeting will help you be able to spend money you already have. It will take away that guilt that you might feel with spending a lot of money on a course. It's the same money, but the difference is you planned ahead for it. So take time to create that household budget and make sure you include homeschooling. And so like I said, there's all those different categories of where you're going to spend money. Go ahead and figure out what it's going to cost you. Divide it by 12 to get your monthly budget need and plan ahead. And so if you want all this written out for you, make you grab our strategy guide in the show notes. All right. Strategy number three, focus on the essentials. When you have a tight budget, you have to just focus on the essentials. You might not be able to do everything. You might not be able to get, you know, the zoo membership or the really expensive curriculum. If the money's there, you can, but you might have to pare it down and focus on what's most important. So most of us would say math and language arts are what need to be funded first. So figure out What do I need to spend to get the math that's going to work for us this year and the language arts? The other things are, you know, gym class might not be funded or it might, or, you know, the history or science curriculum you've been wanting, you might have to do a more thrifty version, like using library books. It might actually be more fun anyway, but focus on the essentials and then decide if the money's there. Okay. Now we will add extras. Maybe the money isn't there for everyone to do music lessons and sports teams and all these extra things. That's okay. Focus on the essentials. We've had money for stuff in certain years and other years we've said, Nope, we can't do all this. And so that's just part of it. Right. But the benefit is you're home with your kids And so you're willing to make those sacrifices. So that's number three, focus on the essentials. Number four, save money. I know this sounds really easy. It's hard to do, isn't it? But when you need money for homeschooling, your two choices are you either save money or you make money. Okay, so first let's look at saving money. So you're going to get your budget. Remember, we've said this, take the amount you need monthly to homeschool and then figure out, you know, is there a home? 
home expense, a budget category that we can kind of peel back from this year that will give us that needed money in the homeschool category. So for example, maybe you're going to give up Netflix and you're going to save yourself a hundred bucks or cut out McDonald's trips from the weekly lineup. Even if it's just for a season, if you need to fund something, you might have to cut out another category. Now, you can also save money by homeschooling multiple ages together. If you're not buying your four kids separate grade level history curriculum and you're doing history together with something like Mystery of History or Story of the World, you're going to save a bunch of money, especially in the younger years. You can totally group your kids together and use one resource for everyone. You can find it on eBay. It doesn't have to be expensive. You can get get living books from the library for free. That's a great way to save money, homeschooling multiple ages together. There's lots of free resources. Are you on my email list? Because I mean, I'm telling you every week I get together with sometimes as many as 30 other homeschool bloggers, and we are giving out free resources that are normally paid resources left and right. And you can seriously get a great digital homeschool library just from being on some awesome email lists. So if you haven't done that yet, go to 41more.com forward slash email and sign up to be on my list and you'll start getting these these regular um, emails where, I mean... I'm telling you, you will find some amazing resources there. And so that's one way to do it. Save money, figure out how you can cut back or how you can group multiple kids together so you don't have to buy a bunch of curriculum for multiple kids. But the next strategy, of course, is to make money. Now, I know homeschool moms, if you're at home with lots of kids, it is hard to make money on the side. But maybe you can do something small that will bring in the just the right amount you need monthly to homeschool. Maybe you only need $100 a month. That's not too hard to bring in. How much do you need to make monthly or weekly? So here are a few ways to have a little side hustle. Maybe you don't need to bring in thousands of dollars a month, maybe just hundreds or maybe just 100. There are little ways you can do this. You might be surprised to know You can sell your stuff on eBay, even your old curriculum, and you could easily bring in $100 a month selling off used toys or clothes or homeschool curriculum. It might just be the perfect amount to fund your homeschool. What about tutoring? Can you do one afternoon a week and tutor one or two kids with, you know, math or whatever they need help with? How about childcare? If you're already home with your kids, I know it is a bit to ask to bring in one or two more kids, but maybe you only need to do it one day a week or two afternoons a week after school to do some childcare for kids after school. Can you head out and do some cleaning of a house one day a week while your sister-in-law watches the kids or when your husband gets home early? You know, can you do that? You could be a virtual assistant and that is a total work at home job. You can fit it in in the afternoon. So if you're homeschooling kids, I mean, Most of us are done. If we're doing it in the morning, you're probably done most of the heavy lifting by noon anyway. And then the afternoon, the kids can play and you can work on your computer and be a virtual assistant. What about teaching with VIP kid? I know a lot of homeschool moms do this because the time difference, they get up super early and they teach online to kids in maybe China and they're teaching English as a second language and they just love this. And they actually can make quite a bit of money with a VIP kid and do it while their kids might even still be sleeping in the morning. What about putting your photography skills to work and, you know, 
couple times a month going out and doing sessions for families. You can make a lot of money doing that. And then you can, you know, edit all the photos at home while your kids are home, you know, in the afternoons. Or what about selling on Etsy? This is my favorite because I've been doing it since 2012 when we were going to do an international adoption. We're a one income family. Adoptions are expensive. I love handmade and crafting and vintage selling. So Etsy was the perfect match for me, and I've been doing it for 10 years. I've made a course for teaching your teens how to do it, but you would, you know, you could even learn from that course too. So check out the show notes. I'll link to that if you're interested, and I'll put a really nice coupon code for you. It's a great elective for high schoolers, but moms can do it too. I mean, I've been selling on Etsy for 10 years and it has funded everything from our adoption to homeschooling to giving us money to give to other adoptive families. It's been a huge blessing. And if you like making things anyway and you're crafty, it's an awesome outlet to just be able to relax and make things in the afternoons and sell on Etsy. So these are just some ideas for how you could make a little bit of extra money. And like I said, if you do that budget and you say, you know, I really only need $100 a month, that's not a lot of money to bring in. And any one of these ideas for just a few hours a week can easily bring in that money. Oh, I have to mention teaching music lessons. I do this too. I'm a piano teacher one afternoon a week, and that's just a great little side hustle. And so you might be able to teach music lessons in your community too, right from your own home while your kids are busy in the other room. You know, go ahead and figure out how you can bring in a little bit of extra money each month. Okay, here's my last strategy. Don't be afraid to give creative gifts. So when you have one income and you're trying to homeschool, you can get creative with holiday and birthday gift giving. You don't have to feel like this is weird. So all those homeschool supplies, you need a mid-year refresh, go ahead and put them in the stocking. Make them stocking stuffers. And you know how grandparents are always asking for like, what should we buy the kids at Christmas? Instead of you know, getting more plastic toys in the house, go ahead and encourage the grandparents or aunts and uncles to gift experiences or magazine subscriptions, admission tickets to museums, field trips, or even music lessons. Give them some of these creative ideas. And grant a lot of grandparents or aunts and uncles will think these are awesome ideas because they probably don't want to buy another cheap plastic toy for your kids either. So give them some ideas and say, hey, you know, we wanted a family... Um, zoo membership, you know, do you want to contribute to that or whatever, right? So these are great ideas for figuring out how you can homeschool even on one income, even on a tight budget. So which one of these strategies is going to be the key to your success this year or any of these new ideas? Did you ever think about them? Which one are you going to try and see if you can make homeschooling on one income just a little bit easier? Be sure to head to the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 178 and download our free homeschooling on one income strategy guide. And then don't forget to check out our friends at Earthly. They have some amazing homesteading unit studies that you can use for your homeschooling this year, you can find them at 41more.com forward slash earthly. And that's earth L E Y. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to join us again next week for another episode of the homeschool with Moxie podcast. And in the meantime, happy homeschooling.